Yes, I. This song is called Be the Change. This song is called Be the Change. Ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, legendary peeps, it is all about being the change. Being the change that which you want to see in the world. We are all a representation of that which we want to see. We're all part of this massive experience. Within us is a reflection of the universe. That which lies within represents that which lies without. And like a, a cell within a body, that cell is a representation of a universe. And if that cell wishes to have an impact on the whole, it changes. We are all commanders. We are all people that have the ability to inspire change. As we change, we inspire those around us to change. And we inspire the things that make up who we are to change. And as we all change and affect each other, we affect the universe. The one verse, Vasare, basically it means the one change, the universe. As we change, so too does the universe around us change. Anyway, enough with my rant. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about a topic I recently addressed in the video I made, and that was gun rights. And I noticed that that was probably one of my most unpopular videos as I saw a lot of people unsubscribing to me and I don't really mind I mean obviously there's a part of you that feels a little hurt because people don't like your views but ultimately I express many of my views not because I want people to like them but it's very cathartic for me to express my thoughts on things and to have a conversation with people on the interwebs in regards to how they feel about different things and I'm not someone that changes my values, changes my views on things because it doesn't resonate with people if I know it to be right. And I realize it is a very difficult conversation, like most issues are, because we're so attached to our viewpoints. But I think it's incumbent upon us if we are all about matriculating ourselves into higher levels of consciousness to look at things honestly with integrity. I think that is a, a word that few people even understand, let alone apply in their daily lives. A few years back, the most looked up word on Google was the word integrity. People do not understand what it means, let alone know how to apply it. And it basically deals with moral soundness, being whole. It is derived from the word integer, integrity, that which is whole. Plato once spoke about how important it is to be whole within yourself. And the more lies that you hold within yourself, the more disingenuous you are about your ideas, the more of a fracture there is within your psyche, and the more difficult it becomes to maintain the highest aspect of who you are. And I think it's important when we're looking at things to have integrity. And I only say this because one of the things I see when I'm reading comments is, obviously people have different views on things, and that's fine. We all have different experiences. We all uh, have different views. But to me, it becomes abundantly clear at times when people are aware that what they're saying is not true. They have been proven to be wrong. And rather than accepting that, they tend to put their head in the sand like emus and ignore what was said and just unsubscribe or say that someone doesn't know what they're talking about. And I think this is something that we do because we all have egos. 
And look, in regards to the gun rights situation, I'm not saying that that is how people have responded to this. I truly do believe that people have different values and some people feel as if they value security more than they do liberty. But I just want people to understand the perspective that I may not have effectively disseminated on that video. Now, in regards to gun rights, it's about the principle. You see, what people need to realize is that it doesn't matter that this idea came from the Founding Fathers. It doesn't matter that this idea came from the ancient philosophers. It matters because the idea about liberty, which is something that not the, the Founding Fathers are responsible for, it is something that the universe is responsible for. It is the idea that we all have inalienable rights. We all have a right to life, all have a right to the pursuit of happiness. We all have a right to do basic things provided we are not harming anyone in the process. And as soon as people start violating those rights, it becomes a problem. The idea of so many of the statements within the Declaration of Independence, so many of the uh, ideas within the Bill of Rights, they all spring forth from inalienable rights. They all spring forth from the concept of liberty. And the Second Amendment is important because in order to maintain liberty, you need to have the right to be able to defend it. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's difficult for us to accept because we live in a world where there is so much dis-ease. There is so much pain, suffering, and violence. And because we fear that that violence may be perpetrated on us, we want to apply measures to ensure that that does not happen. And therefore, we want to encroach on the sovereignty of others by taking away the inalienable rights that they have. And we do this by wanting to take away the guns of people. And where is it's not right for me to take away someone's privacy because I feel as if I need to spy on them to ensure that they're not doing anything wrong. It is not appropriate for me to take away someone's right to defend themselves, to defend their family, regardless of what perceivable good I think that may bring. And it is a very difficult thing for a lot of people to accept because people are always thinking about the future and thinking about how to make the society a better society. But I would invite you to consider this, that there have been so many countries where the people have been disarmed. If I have a look at some basic statistics, in 1929, the Soviet Union established gun control. And from 1929 to 1953, about 20 million distance, unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and exterminated. In 1911, Turkey established gun control. From 1915 to 1917, 1.5 million Armenians, unable to defend themselves, were rounded up and exterminated. Germany established gun control in 1938, and as we're well aware, from 1939 to 1945, a total of 13 million Jews and others who were unable to defend themselves were rounded up and exterminated. And there are 
many other examples like Uganda. And the common theme that we see in history is when we take away the right of people to defend themselves, human nature has a tendency, governments have a tendency to often abuse that power. And where is usually the possibility that something may happen that is unfortunate is not enough for me to apply measures. The fact that these measures that we're applying are not in violation of any law, natural or man-made, at least within the United States, it is not fair in order to take away the rights of people to defend themselves, particularly when it is likely even in the current predicament that we're in at the moment, that the government may abuse their power. This is a classic example. We have people like these two that have taken away the rights of the people due to the perceived threat, be that terrorism or be that the Jews economically strangling the community. And this is basically why I have the view that I have on gun rights. It's not a view that I want to have. I think most people that are within the truth movement, they're all about peace and love. They're all about these pacifist ideologies. They don't want to harm anyone. And they see guns as being a representation of violence. Well, philosophically speaking, anything could be violent, potentially. My computer could be violent. I could use my computer to hack into government organizations and launch missiles. My teeth could be violent. These big white teeth that I have, they're not as sweet as they may look. I may sink them into you and bite you, bite your face off like chimpanzees do. Now, because of that, that doesn't give you the right to take away my teeth. It is a matter of principle, and I understand the many arguments, statistics that people like to throw out there, but here's a statistic for you. In the country of Switzerland, where people do have many guns, and it is embedded within their constitution that they have a right to use force in order to thwart violent action, even from the government, it has one of the lowest crime rates in the world. Now, granted, we often see with countries where there are guns, at least the bad people tend to have guns, and the normal citizens don't. The normal citizen, citizens are often victimized. However, in a situation where that <clears throat> violence or potential for violence is owned by everyone, not just the bad guys, but by the citizens. And when I say potential for violence, I mean the ability to use arms in order to thwart violent action. People within the community all have guns. There is a, a leveling of the playing field. Obviously, people are not going to want to break into someone's house if they are weary of that person having a gun and harming them. So the argument holds that, yes, potentially more guns do not necessarily equate with more violence. More guns may actually equate to people having the right to defend violence. And this is all it comes down to, self-defense. 
just the ability to defend yourselves. Unfortunately, we live in a world where we're not there yet. If this was a utopian world where there was no evil, there was no violence, there were not people that were intent on harming you, taking away your civil liberties. Everyone had an understanding of what is right and what is wrong, and we were all in union. There would be no need for weapons. And quite frankly, I would rather not have weapons. I don't know how to use guns. I've never shot a gun in my entire life. I'd rather rely on my physical ability to defend myself because it's a lot easier to avoid seriously harming someone with your hands than it is with a gun. I don't care how experienced a gunman you are. If you shoot someone, you can't guarantee that that person is going to survive. Therefore, the potential for harm is much greater. That is the difficult thing about the current predicament we are in at the moment. A lot of people like to make the argument that a few hundred years ago, we live in a world where the kind of weapons that they had made it more difficult for one person to victimize an entire group of people by going on shooting sprees. And now we live in a world where the potential for harm is so much greater. People can get access to automatic weapons, grenades, missiles, nuclear weapons. And it's often dawned on me at how far do I wish to take this principle of self-defense? Is it acceptable for someone to have a nuclear weapon as a deterrent? Would I be comfortable allowing someone to have a weapon that could potentially blow up the entire planet? as a form of self-defense. And it's something that I've thought long and hard about. Of course, I can't see a need for anyone to use a weapon like that. I don't believe it would be realistic for anyone to have a weapon like that because it doesn't respond to violence appropriately. I mean, if someone harms you, it's not appropriate to blow up their entire planet. However, the fact still remains that if someone is not doing anything to harm you, you do not have the right to initiate violence on them. It comes down to the non-violence principle. And whereas people like myself that have these ideas are called idealistic in that we don't live in the real world. We have perspectives about how we want the world to be and we don't think about the consequences. To some extent, this is true. But I think the foresight that I have is that unless, of course, we have basic principles like this, it is only going to lead to more and more problems. Unless, of course, we respect the fact that we do not have the right to initiate violence on other people, even if we believe it's going to thwart some potential violence in the future, it's only going to lead to more and more problems because what happens is when people are violated, when we take away the civil liberties of others, when we take away someone's right to defend themselves and their families are killed, they feel justified in their minds to apply justice. If we violate someone, then we wish to have <coughs> retribution for that violence. And Another thing I want to talk about is how we learn about what works in society. 
We've obviously tried many different things throughout history, different systems of running the planet. And as I mentioned earlier, the many situations where we've taken the civil liberties of peoples and we've seen how it affects the, the populace, nature, I believe, has a way of teaching us things. I like the idea that truth basically has two sisters. One of them is Isis and the other is Eros. And Isis basically teaches us through knowledge, through love. It's like a mother telling you not to touch the stove, otherwise you'll get burnt. And because you love the mother and you recognize the truth resounding within her, some of us, we listen to her or we can arrive at the truth by internalizing it, by rationalizing the logic within what that person is saying, or just our innate understanding of what truth is. And therefore we listen. Isis is love. This is one way in which we arrive at truth. We arrive at what works. And if that does not work, that's when Eros comes into play. Eros is like Kali. It's like the harsh love approach. And basically, when we do not listen to Isis, Eros comes in and teaches us the hard truth through pain. When you touch that stove that is hot, you get burnt. When you don't listen to the truth, we obviously suffer the repercussions and we have violence enacted upon us. Not true violence, but just justice. What happens in society is when we violate the rights of others, when we enslave others, when we take away the civil liberties, more often than not, it ends up in disaster through Eros. So basically, there are two ways of learning, through love and through reality, through justice being enacted upon us. I truly believe that there is some kind of karmic justice going on in the world just from the basic understanding that people have an innate sense of fairness and when you are unfair to them they wish to respond appropriately so if you want to live your life in peace and harmony don't be a douchebag and I would always err on the side of civility and compassion when I'm dealing with almost every situation. I, I feel that it is important to speak the truth, but the more compassionate you can be towards other people, the more you can apply an attitude of ISIS, of love, um, the more love that you will see back. Having said that, it is appropriate at times to apply a bit of Eros. Hope that makes sense. Anyway, a few other topics I want to discuss here. A few things that we've been seeing on the interwebs, a few issues, are one, terrorism, which um, at least the way in which we define it in the modern era is an ongoing thing that is going to be impossible to eradicate. I mean, how do we define terror? Let's, 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 uh, let's get series perspective. Define terror. Not sorry, let's try that again. Define terror. There are two words spelled like terror. Okay, third time is a charm. Define terror. Terror means extreme fear. Or the use of terror to intimidate people, especially for political reasons, terrorism. Or a person or thing that causes extreme fear. 
And this is always what it comes down to, fear. Someone that is applying fear. But I think the most ubiquitous understanding of what terror is, is someone that is doing a violent action that is politically motivated. And obviously people are going to be constantly doing violent actions. That's just the predicament that we are currently immersed in. There will always be violence in the world. Despite the power of the sun, it is always night in half the planet. And we're always going to see injustice in the world. Therefore, to take on this position of combating terror, and in order to combat terror, taking away the civil liberties of other people, it's a recipe for disaster. This is what has always happened in history. There have always been concessions that have been made during times of war. However, because war was a temporary th thing, eventually we would go back into a state of fairness, a state of natural law, where we wouldn't be applying these draconian measures to the people in order to achieve the greater good or eradicate a problem. But when you have an ongoing war like terror, you will never go back to that state where there is complete fairness. Therefore, this situation we're in now is a perpetual state of disaster. Alright, finally, another thing I wanted to discuss something I've seen recently on the interwebs is this debate going on between a guy called Anision, who I'm a huge fan of, and a guy called Vegan Gains, which I'm sure a lot of you people are familiar with. I think Vegan Gains recently made a video on Anision combating his, uh, his approach towards animal rights, his vegetarianism. And this is a very tricky topic because I know that a lot of vegans they they take on this perspective that unless of course you are in line with the level of nonviolence that I am everything that you do is undermined and I think this is the approach that vegan gains take Anisian I think is a brilliant activist in fact before vegan gains or before a lot of people even started making videos about animal rights Anisian was doing this at full throttle and he is an incredibly eloquent speaker he's incredibly logical and passionate and quite frankly I respect the shit out of his activism and I think his views are actually more sensible more practical in many regards than a lot of things vegan gain says now in regards to the video that Anision made he did actually make some really good arguments one that as vegan gains tends to do Vegan Gaines, Richard, made a lot of assumptions in regards to Anision's diet. And this is the thing that some vegans tend to do, the generalizations they make. They make these generalizations that, oh, wait a sec, you're having eggs, therefore you are supporting animal exploitation. And the thing that people lose sight of is not necessarily. Anision speaks about how he actually lived on a farm, and he actually takes great effort to ensure that the eggs that he is consuming are consumed from are taken from a non-slaughter source so, so what that basically means is that those chickens are not getting slaughtered those chickens are in a situation where they are obviously being taken care of they're not exploited and those eggs are just going to waste a lot of vegans this is the this is where it comes back to integrity this is what I admire about Anision now 
one of the things that I find very disconcerting is that some vegans do not have the integrity to at least acknowledge that there is no harm, there is no exploitation that is taking place in regards to circumstances dealing with eggs. It is absolutely possible for someone to have chickens that they are taking care of and not exploit those chickens to ensure that they are being looked after and in regards to those chickens eating their eggs which is not a natural thing for chickens to do if natural is even a word uh, it's basically cannibalism for those chickens like to make the argument that it is still exploitation if humans are consuming those eggs now for someone like me that has realized the many benefits of avoiding the consumption of eggs and realizes that it is much healthier and also realizes the horrible nature of the egg industry for the most part. I still do not feel as if it is fair for me to make assumptions that anyone that eats eggs is being immoral because it's just not the case. It is actually possible to consume eggs and do it in an eth on an ethical level. And I get very frustrated when I, I hear people making generalizations in regards to vegetarians that eat eggs and also in regards to dairy now of course we're all aware of the horrors of the dairy industry but people need to remove the process of consuming eggs consuming dairy to the process of what often happens in order for us to consume that dairy now in regards to the dairy industry always obviously we are well aware of how that calf is often separated from its mother that calf is often chopped up into little pieces so people can enjoy veil and often that cow is obviously taken to slaughterhouses and eventually slaughtered so people can consume meat now having said that it is not necessarily the case in all situations there are places not only within India but in the Western world where people do not treat their cows like that where people do not rape their cows, ensure that they're just put with the bulls and what would naturally happen, happens. Those cows obviously become pregnant, those cows are taken care of, and those cows are not slaughtered. Now where is, I do not believe it is healthy, and I could be wrong here, once again, integrity. This is something that I respect about Anision. He speaks about how there are actually some benefits from his, at least, his understanding of the consumption of milk. However, there are also many other negative side effects and they probably outweigh any benefits. At least he has the integrity to talk about the benefits. And I have the integrity to talk about how it is not always a case of it being immoral. Whereas with the consumption of meat, it is impossible, obviously, to kill an animal uh, without asking. It's, I mean, it is impossible to consume meat without killing an animal. That is a definitive thing. But the problem with veganism is that there are many assumptions, many generalizations that we need to make in order to say that if you are consuming animal products, what you're doing is immoral. And a lot of vegans buy into this mentality, and it is, it is a viewpoint that is lacking integrity. I think in order to bring about truth, we need to be real with ourselves and real with, about, with the information that we're disseminating. And this is one of the things that I really admire about Anision, and he speaks about his vegetarianism, he also speaks about honey, which is something that I also stopped consuming. It was the last thing that I stopped consuming as a 
as a vegan vegetarian. I still interchange the word because I, quite frankly, think it's ridiculous the separation people want to make between these things when essentially vegetarianism, there are many forms of it, ultimately is in line with veganism. It's essentially one and the same thing. This rank that people want to pull as vegans and say, unless of course you're a vegetarian, you're not in line with, uh, with our ideals as animal rights activists, is a little silly, particularly when vegetarianism on various levels actually takes it higher, like the level to which the giants want to take it to, whereas they not only avoid eating many fo many animal products, but they also avoid... There are various groups within Jainism that don't even like to pull their hair because of the organisms that die. Sounds ridiculous, but there are people like that that don't have certain root vegetables because of the microorganisms that are killed, because of the insects that are killed when these are pulled from the ground. There are giants that don't even like eating mock meat, which to me sounds ridiculous because of the idea that it creates about thinking it is acceptable to eat other animals. But there are many higher levels that we could take this thing to. And one of the things that I find frustrating amongst some people within the vegan community is the quickness that they have, particularly vegan gains to judge and condemn anyone that is taking it upon themselves to make great efforts towards ahimsa, non-violence, which is what this whole thing is about. And Onesian is one of them. Onesian, in my opinion, is actually a far more effective activist because he's more practical about it and he's inspired tremendous amount of people to go vegetarian and go vegan. In fact, I believe Richard was actually a fan of Onision, and I know that he was subscribed to his channel even before he started making videos on veganism and whatnot. Therefore, the idea of condemning someone like him that is so against animal exploitation, that has devoted a tremendous amount of his life towards avoiding harming these animals, seems like such a pernicious and such a, quite frankly, pathetic approach. But look, um, I just wanted to comment on this, and I just invite people to think about who they're condemning, think about what they're saying, try to avoid judging others to some extent, and also have a little integrity in what we're doing, and what they're doing, rather. The other thing that I've often heard people say, just in regards to great figures in history. A lot of people like to condemn people like Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson or George Washington because these people, very similar to the current predicament of animal rights, because these people to some extent had slaves because they had inherited these slaves. Even though they were abolitionists, they were animal, right, they were animal rights activists, some of them, like Benjamin Franklin even though they had devoted their entire life to abolishing slavery, like Benjamin Franklin, who set up the Abolitionist Society. People have the boldness, the ridiculous mentality to state that these people were douchey people because they owned slaves when they had devoted their entire lives to abolishing slavery. And the reason they had slaves was because at the time they could not relinquish their slaves because of the current circumstances they would not be able to take care of themselves and they had it within their interest to take care of these slaves 
it's such a pernicious attitude. And I just would invite people to look at the situation for what it is, as opposed to making generalizations that because someone has slaves or someone is not taking ahimsa to the level that they are taking it, that they must be bad people. Let's try to have some perspective. We live in a world where we are all caught up in this system and we are all trying to fight the system. And definitely there is great effort that should be made to destroy the system. To not only avoid partaking, cooperating in the injustice, but to be taking efforts to destroy the system. Whether that's through passing legislation to end some of the horrible practices, or whether that is educating people. And they're my thoughts on this entire issue in regards to the, the whole Anisian versus vegan gains ideal. Let us know what you think. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, freaks and geeks, peace out. Keep it real. Don't, don't drive and text. Keep doing your thing. Strive to become a better person. Matriculate yourself to higher levels of consciousness. Until next time, this is TKJ, The Crystal Journey. Yes, I am.